Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss the week in LGBT plus history. Today, we have another special edition of Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, the quiz show edition. It's where we invite our friends to the kiki. So, of course, we got a little bit of distraction. That's a little TikTok coming live from Spencer's phone. Uh, of course, uh, by joining us in the quiz show edition, they don't just get to kiki. They have to earn their gay card by scoring the most points after two rounds of questions about what else? Gay stuff. Gay stuff. So before we welcome our guest, Miss Tammy Wallace, uh, let's say hello to my co-host, Tony. Hey, you're on the hot seat today. You're going to be competing. I am, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I was competing until today, so I didn't have a chance to yeah. study. I couldn't give you the leg up. <laughs> I, I told Tammy yesterday. I told Tammy before. I, I was like, oh my god, I, I don't listen to our episodes. <laughs> and usually, you're too too many drinks in, so I think you might have the leg up, okay, Tammy. So see. it'll be good. Uh, and so, hello to Kendall. Hello. All right, Kendall will be joining us a little later <laughs> with our, our Kiki. We're going to have a, a uh, our Kiki with, Ta- with Tammy, and we're going to have a special guest with Spencer today. Hello, Spencer. How's it going? Spencer's going to fill in the part of, he's auditioning, rather, not just filling in the part. He's oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Spencer has the job. He is our new scorekeeper slash on-air advertising marketing person. It is the one job that Tony <laughs> hates about this podcast. Nice hire. He is hired. Uh, interestingly yes. enough, like as much as Tony <laughs> is like the uh, he is the person for uh, he's our one like resident engineer. He's terrible at math, so he's he's bungled the uh, the scoring a few good few times. So I, I, I pity to his clients. No, Our episode kidding. was published, and people are like, "Wait, I think he's keeping scoring correctly." <laughs> yeah, I got some comments saying that's not right. So. All right, so uh, let's say hello to our guest now. So, Tammy, how are you? Tammy is the co-founder and current board chair of the Houston LGBT Chamber of Commerce. She's also the founder of InFocus Group. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Ah, thanks for, for joining us. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll get into more detail, but just a little kind of 30-second spiel on, on Tammy Wallace. Oh, 30-second spiel. Well, um, you have my relevant titles, um, but my passion is certainly the Chamber, and then within Focus Group, our, we work on LGBTQ diversity, inclusion, training, and consulting. So uh, I've been active in the Houston LGBTQ community for about 20-plus years, dating myself, <laughs> and, um, and I love to see podcasts like this happen. Yeah. Okay. more visibility for our community. Very so good. kudos. And wife and the furry furry babies, is that yes, right? Yes, yes. Mercedes yeah. is my wife. We've been together for 11 years. All right. Uh, yes, we have six, uh, three dogs and two cat, uh, three dogs and three cats, and um, all rescue. So I always say we, we've got our angels' wings. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right on, right on. So great. So you guys ready to get started? Let's do it. All right, no pressure. This will be easy, easy. All right. So in the first round, you'll answer questions about some topical LGBT-related issues, and then the second round, we'll quiz you on the latest episode of the podcast. So hopefully, you took a listen. It's the episode we released on September the twenty-second. So that's covering the week of September twenty-second to September twenty-eighth. So let's review the rules of round one first. Because Tony doesn't know them for sure. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, this, not. I don't. This round will consist of six questions, and you you will each be asked three questions, and we'll alternate questions between the two of you. So, 
for the question, uh, you'll be you'll get 10, 10 seconds to answer it correctly. If you answer before the 10 seconds uh, is up, you'll earn three points. Uh, if you after if you answer after the 10 seconds, you'll have a chance to answer and earn two points. Uh, if you do not answer it correctly or don't have an answer at all, then the other person can steal and answer the question. If they do it correctly, they earn one point. Uh, again, Tony has no. That's where I messed up. I'm just three, three, three. <laughs> So you guys got it? Can I get three and he can get one? Yeah. <laughs> Sound good? Well, let's do it. Clear as mud. All right. So normally we like ask the contestants like who's going to select the, the categories and, and who's going to go first. But Tony, uh, Tammy's going to select the category and she's going to go first. So Okay, sorry. perfect. You're, you're, this is a guest. You're, you're, you're on the home team here. So, uh, so Tammy will get to select the category, which you guys will be uh, quizzed on. So the categories are business leaders or historical LGBT people. Uh, All right, historical LGBT people. So, what category are we in right now? Historical LGBT people. Are you right? You ready to earn your gay card? Ready. All right, here we go. So, Tammy, like I said, we'll start with you. And we are doing historical LGBT people. So, in 2009, Congress passed a federal hate crime bill, which for the first time included protections for LGBT people and was inspired and bears the name of this hate crime victim. Matthew Shepard. That is correct. All right. right. There we go. The audience is getting into it. (laughs) Question number two. Harvey Milk was famously portrayed, this is for Tony, by the Academy Award-winning actor in this movie, Milk. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. That is correct. We should note, by the way, that you guys, I mean, the reason we put Tony on the hot seat is because you guys, Tammy and Tony, that you guys know each other. They have a long history. I have a very long time. I have a good story about the first time I met her, so we'll do this. (laughs) Very good. Good, good. So that's that's why we have Tony in the hot seat. And that's why we're talking about historical LGBT people, because you guys have been involved in the community for quite some time, especially on the political front. So again, we'll get more into that in the Kiki in just a bit. So question number three is over to you, Tammy. Uh, We have a tie score right now. Uh, So here it is. This Fortune 500 CEO came into the CEO role in 2011 and publicly publicly came out in 2014. Tim Cook. That is correct. Woo! Woo! All right. So I'm cheering. I'm supposed to be like the host, the neutral one. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with enthusiasm. No offense. I obviously have a fine. Take him down, Tim. All right. Tony, here's your question. You see what I put up with? Dillis Martin and Phyllis Lyon founded this organization in San Francisco in 1955. Daughters of Belitis. That is correct. Oh, tie game. I'm glad I came up with those tiebreaker questions. All right, question number five. This is the last round of the question for you, Tammy. Our last question of the round. So Ellen DeGeneres, who famously came out on her TV show Ellen, had a comeback in this animated blockbuster where she played the character Dory. What was the name of the movie? Finding Dory? No. Oh. Oh. That is incorrect. Finding Nemo? That is correct. Oh, I would have never got it if you didn't say the fish story. I watch no movies. I know nothing about pop culture. I'm like out. And then when you're like fish story, I was like, ooh. I don't even know if I saw that movie. Uh, all right. So last question. I feel badly because I think Tony's going to get this one. So because uh, y'all were just talking about her. So Anise <laughs> Parker is currently the CEO of this organization, which assists viable LGBTQ plus candidates in getting elected. Victory Fund. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. So that is the end of round one. Spencer, what is our score? Tony 10, Tammy 6. 
Tony 10. I would Tony like to 10. say I think this is the highest scoring um, yeah. <laughs> game ever in our history of the quiz show. We've got some smart people here. All right. Thank so, you. All right. So that's the end of the round one. We've got the score noted. Tony is up, but I think Tammy, Tammy's going to come back. So before we get to our final round, let's kiki with Miss Tammy. But first, Spencer, a word from our sponsor. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works, a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting market analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the economy works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. Tony, are you excited? You didn't have to say that. Oh, he's hired. <laughs> Every quiz show. Tony, I'm officially so resigned. I was, I was, I wanted more. to resign before, but no. It's like, <laughs> well, because the critics in the room were like, "We need more from you, Tony." <laughs> <laughs> they hate me here, Tammy. <laughs> he's like our Judy Garland. He feels so much pressure. Yes, that's why I'm watching Judy this weekend. <laughs> oh, me yeah, too. That's yes. gonna be good. That's gonna be good. Uh, well, welcome, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you. So you are the co-founder and current chair of the Houston LGBT Chamber of Commerce. But first, what is that accent? That accent reminds me where I'm from, Louisiana. (laughs) I was hoping um, it was Louisiana, is it? It's funny you say that because I just had someone tell me the other day, I was talking to from California, like, have you ever thought about doing voiceover work? I'm like, no, I've never thought about it. (laughs) And they're like, you could totally do this. And then they went to the whole Ann Richards thing. But um, so I was born in Memphis, raised across the state line in Mississippi. I've been in Houston, Texas for 35 years. Okay. So I always joke, I've got this cross of that Mississippi country and this Texas draw, and this is what you get. What drew you to Houston? Oh, that's an interesting story. I came here to go to Bible school. I actually thought I was going to marry a missionary and go off to some country, and yeah, that didn't work out. (laughs) I could do a whole show on just that interview topic alone. Yeah, Yeah. it was, uh, and Pentecostal, if anybody's familiar, very, very deeply religious uh, background, fundamentalist, and uh, that's what I thought I was going to do with my life, and I actually got kicked out of the Bible school because they thought, and I didn't know at the time, that I was a lesbian. Oh, my gosh. And I was 17. I was 18. I moved here when I was 17, 18 at the time, got kicked out, and had to figure out what I was going to do, whether I was going to go home or stay here. And um, thank God, no pun intended, that I ended up staying because my life and my trajectory of everything that I've done would be so radically different. Yeah, yeah. And then if I had gone back to Mississippi. So it was one of those things. It was a true. I remember somebody saying, you know, you're going to understand this one of these days. And I remember that moment where I actually understood why all that pain, mm-hmm. everything that happened. Yeah. Happened to me. Yep. Yeah. And in many ways, you probably did greater things because you had. Absolutely. Yes. So what was that conversation like where your Bible school tells you you're not the right fit for Bible school? Yeah, the, uh, the school had had problems with homosexuality, and mm. so I got pulled into the president's office. I've really never told this publicly, but this is great. Um, I got pulled into the president's office where they basically said, we assume, because I had a, a friend who was a roommate that I was very, very close to, and um, they thought something was going on, and nothing was actually going on. I was attracted to her when I, you know, look back now, but I couldn't connect to that. I didn't understand it. 
and um, but they had had these issues with homosexuality. They weren't tolerating any of it, and they said, "It's time for you to go." What did you go through personally when you like after that moment, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, did you start thinking maybe I am a lesbian? Yeah, and you know I had been struggling with um, my sexual orientation since I was a teenager. Yeah. So it wasn't like some kind of shock. I just hadn't been able to connect that. Um, that I was because in this deeply religious environment, this was such a conflict for me. Yeah. So if I was a lesbian, I'm going to hell. Yeah. Right. And so I didn't want to go to hell. I mean, this is what was ingrained in me since the time I was, you know, a young kid. So I had all this conflict going on. And isn't it hard? Because I'm from like a small mm-hmm. town, and like it wasn't religious, but like it's just this rough and tumble, non-open-minded, all white people. And same, like, your your mind won't let you be honest exactly. with yourself and stuff. Right. It's like, and it takes years for your own mind, even when you're in a different city yes. and everything, to be like, no, it's okay, you know? And, and when you, actually, it, w- it was like a process of getting out of the church. Yeah. I mean, totally. Everything, I had hair down to my waist because the Pentecostal religion that I was affiliated with, you didn't cut your hair. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't cut my hair since I was like, and, yeah, know. 10, you know. And uh, so just the act of cutting my hair, much less trying to step away and all of a sudden, this was a social construct for me. My parents were divorced. So I got a lot of security and comfort by being around my church family. And so to be able to, to cut that part out of my life, it was, it was, it's really one of the most traumatic things that have happened to me when I think about those kind of, we all have them, right? Those trauma incidents in our life. Yeah. That was definitely And even, one of you them. know, things like that, like you say, that was your family, you know, for all the negative aspects, there's also positive. And like, oh, I'm sure absolutely. when you're like, I'm cutting my hair, like you're giving up part of your, your heritage. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like you're, yeah. 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 It, it, true story, though. When I cut my hair, I worked at Fingers Furniture. They loved to hire the Bible school kids. And I cut my hair and I walked into the Bible school, I mean, uh, into work that day. And they're like, who's the new girl? <laughs> and then when I got closer and closer, they're like, oh, that's Tammy. <laughs> they were shocked. I mean, that's how drastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I went moved to high school in Alexandria, Louisiana, which is like oh. United Pentecostal capital. Of oh yes it is. Maybe the world. What was it? The pastor <laughs> there. I know who yes. Mangum. Yes. Oh. Yes. And I'm a preacher's kid, Methodist preacher's kid. Oh yeah. So when you come out as someone that grew up in a religious household, you have to question your entire Everything. life, I feel like. Everything. Because you're going against Every single thing you've been told. Yeah. You know, the whole basis of your worth as a human being. That's right. I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The self-worth, self-worth is so tied into that. And then it's exacerbated by all these feelings trying to figure out who you are and not even understanding that because then, like, this is not the, air quotes, normal way I'm supposed right. to be, right? So you have to deal with that family. It's no wonder we're so strong as a community. Yep. Well, and also, once you challenge because coming out challenges gender norms it challenges sexuality norms all that kind of stuff in a sense it kind of makes you more for you would think and tell me if i'm wrong to say well hell i just came out the closet maybe cutting my hair isn't such a big deal right yes you know maybe doing the biggest thing allows you to do some of the other quote hard things absolutely um, yeah, very interesting story. Yeah. It's coming Thanks. out week, National Coming Out Day, I should say, coming up soon. October 11th. 11th. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to tell our stories on a podcast that's coming up. Oh, beautiful. That's great. Um, 
just a little after this quiz show comes out. So thank you for telling us that. Yeah, absolutely. What I've learned doing this podcast is you never know what's going to resonate with certain people. Mm -hmm. So when you tell your story like that, people are like, oh, there's something in Tammy's story that I really resonated with me. Well, I, I would say to your to your listeners who are out there and struggling, and particularly those in small towns trying to figure out, do I come out? There is light at the end of that tunnel, and that was one of the darkest, darkest times of my life. Mm-hmm. But when I came out of that, it's where I really began to find my purpose and who I am. And we have, like, a very, um, very strong supporter of the podcast, and he's pretty newly out. I mean, he's probably our age, late 30s, but he's only been out, like, less than two years, maybe even just a year. And so he's talked about, you know, it's the best thing he's ever done, but it seems like it's a pretty struggle, pretty big struggle right now. And so, yeah. um, It's really hard. Yeah. So it's, you know, when he, you hear stories like this, it's like there is light at the end of the tunnel and yeah. Yeah. And you stayed in Houston. I did. You know, I, I, I actually, uh, when I got officially kicked out, uh, drove home on a Saturday. My mom was like, come home. That's it. Don't worry about it. Did you Just tell her the on. reasoning why you had to come I, home? I, I did. She didn't understand. She wasn't in the religion. My grandmother was. and um, But my mom was just the type of, let's just come home and we'll deal with it. And that meant we don't talk about it. Right. Right. Which is very Southern, very religious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we could do that, it was fine. The hardest part was I, I actually drew, drove home on a, a, a Saturday and then woke up Sunday morning. But I literally, the t- at the time, the trip from Houston to Memphis, right outside South Avenue, Mississippi, was 12 hours. I think I cried a tear mm. every mile along the way. You're because dreaded. you have to understand, as a teenager, this is what I saw as my calling. Yeah. This is what I was yeah. supposed to do. And going to Bible school and for my home church was like, well, of course Tammy's going to do this. She's involved in the youth committee, et cetera. My mom lost her job the the summer before I was supposed to come to Houston to go to Bible school, I'd saved all this money working, and you know what I had to do with it when she lost her job because she was a single parent. Uh. I had to give her all that. Well, what did my church family do? They raised all that money for me to be able to come to the school. So now I have to go back mm. to the school to this home church and, say, and them say, "What the what, hell happened? What are you doing here?" Back and you know I can't studying? go. Oh, I got kicked out because I'm a lesbian, right? <laughs> so what did I have to do? Then I have to mask and the shame. Adds just, yeah. the shame. Exactly. So I'm. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, I thought it. You know. Yeah. But the good thing is, Monday morning I woke up. My stepfather, my sister, my mom, all at work. I woke up and I just had these moments of what am I doing? You know. That night, my mom and I went to dinner, and I always tell this story like she threw out this safety net to me because she could tell I was in such anguish about whether I should have st- should stay in Houston, should have stayed in Houston. And the word she said to me was, if you're always going to wonder, you need to answer that question, and please remember, you can always come home. Yeah. And when she threw that safety net out, it was like a light bulb went off for me that I had to come back to Houston. And what drive. a great mom. I mean, some yeah, people in yeah. her situation would have been like, this is your bedline. Especially for that, your yeah. 18-year-old yes. kid, right, who's going to come back to this big city. I had no family here. Yeah. Um, but she saw something that I didn't even understand yeah. at, the point, at the time. And, you know, some parents are, like, not anything wrong, mm-hmm. but they're a bit selfish, and I want my daughter here. Yeah. So she yeah. would have steered you towards, I'll oh, just stay here. It'll be yeah. okay. She was a mature parent. Yeah, and yeah. I, what an amazing mom to be like, 
seek it, your destiny. If it doesn't work yeah. out, I'm here. I think you she know? was just so aware of the anguish that I felt. And, yep. and, and I think there's probably a part of her that saw to the opportunity, like for me to, to move from, uh, a, you know, an, she knew Houston was a good place. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of opportunity for me. So you think yep. she knew? I do. I think yeah. deep down. And she still misses me, you know, terribly. It's like it's really, really hard as she's aged. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind it's always been the right decision. Yep. Yeah. Well, had that not happened, what would Tammy be doing right now, you think? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have a feeling. Long I, hair. That hair would be to the floor. I would, yeah. I would be, probably would have gotten married yeah. to a man, yep. been in a bad marriage, been miserable. Um, it, I, you can just see the writing on the wall. Yeah. And had kids and then you're stuck in exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My fear was always, I can't come out. So I'm, and I, I don't want to put a woman through the lie. Yeah. Because you know, if you're in the closet and you marry someone of the opposite sex, uh, you're like asking them to co-sign on your lie. Yeah. Right. Like it's almost like fraud. Yeah. Yep. I didn't want to do that. So I'm like, I guess I'll just be an old single gay man. Mm-hmm. You know, because in my head it was, if I come out, my dad's going to lose his job. We'll have to move out of the town. You know, all these terrible worst All that things. weight on yeah. your shoulder. As, and how old were you? Oh, uh, well, I, I came out to him at 17. I came out at 15. Yeah. But... I All mean, I knew I was shoulders. gay from four. Like, I remember having that feeling when I was four. Yeah. As in, like, if I act too gay, it's going to cause trouble. Right. And that and that's what our community goes through. I mean, we yeah. wear that oh, yeah. weight on our shoulders yep. constantly for our entire families because of that. And you don't realize it till years later when you're right. free that you're like, God, that was, yeah. Yeah. So you thankfully stayed. <laughs> yes. And then now <laughs> you are the founder and chair of the Houston LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Now, tell us first about the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, so so the, the Houston LGBT Chamber, we're an affiliate of the National LGBT Chamber, so they are an overarching body. All of the um, LGBT chambers, I think there's 70 across the country, and then there's now also global LGBT chambers are affiliates of the National Chamber. So they spearhead a lot of uh, corporate support. They are the certifying body for the um, LGBT uh, own business certification. It's called an LGBTBE or business enterprise certification. So they're the certifying body. We we collaborate with them on that to bring in more businesses to get certified and handle that locally for them. They put on, uh, again, the big conference, a lot of corporate support. Um, they are uh, at the national level working on LGBTQ uh, legislation to support LGBTQ business owners, working to get more LGBTBE businesses um, in the acceptance of that in city, state, quasi-governmental entities. So they take a lead on that and work with uh, local affiliates to do that. So say on a local level, at any chapter, I should say, mm-hmm. I've started a business, I'm a gay person, say it's like a little wig line for your pets or something like that. Yep. Cat bikinis, something, you know, something fun. Let's talk, yeah. Good. <laughs> How would the LGBT Chamber of Commerce, no matter where you live, if there's mm-hmm. an affiliate, benefit me as like a gay business person? Well, first of all, we're going to offer support and structure for you as a business owner. Um, I think what we've found since we launched the Houston LGBT Chamber in 2016 is that there's been a... Um, an opportunity for connection and community all through this business lens. We've had a lot of people tell us we they, we love coming to the chamber. And when was the Houston chapter's founded? 20, 2016. 2016. And, okay. uh, and, and a lot of people just remark how great it is to be at our chamber events. And I for a while I couldn't understand that, but then somebody 
several people said to me, we love other chambers, but this is different. I tried to figure out why. And then I really, really was able to put, you know, my, my finger on it. It is more than business. It's more than, hey, Tony, what do you do? Right. Yeah. But it's tell me more about what you do and how can I help you? It's about mm-hmm. connection. It's about community. And it's about creating uh, our seat at the table in this city that we have not had. Our community in Houston has largely been looked at as an activist community. We tend to be the loudest voices in the room when we need to be, or we're seen as a voting block. I want your vote. Thank you. We'll Mm -hmm. see you next election. We have never had representation like we have now for the LGBTQ business community. That voice is important when you think about economic development, tourism, all those things that are happening in our city. Our businesses need to be at the table. And not only be at the table, but we must have a voice. And that's what we're working on. So what we get asked every now and then as co-host of this podcast is, why do you need to have a gay-only podcast is the perception. Mm-hmm. Why, should, why is there a need for an LGBT-specific Chamber of Commerce in your mind? Well, at first I'd say we were very purposeful about putting allies in our mission statement because we don't go it alone, right? But... Um, but there is a sense of being with other uh, business owners that have the same values alignment with you. Um, when you, I was actually talking to one of our corporate partners today about this. I'll give them a plug, Regions Bank, and talking about um, when they show up at our events and an LGBTQ business owner sees them, then they know Regions Bank is very, very supportive, right? If they just walk generically into a Regions Bank and they don't have that connection, then as a business owner, do I say my husband or my wife? Do I out myself? Are they going to deny my loan? Right? For them to be at our events and to be corporate partners, it speaks volumes. And so, but because that exists, we can't be fully authentically ourselves. We have to cover in certain situations. That's why the chamber is needed. Not only for uh, to support our business owners, but again to have that seat at the table as a bigger picture. What's the type of like advocacy, or I don't know if lobbying is a better word that the local chamber does on behalf of gay businesses? We're working to get the LGBT uh, BE certification recognized um, at the city, at the county. Our, our uh, good friends over at the um, the caucus, the Houston GLBT caucus, actually added a question to the municipal screening questionnaire this year to ask candidates, would you support the inclusion of LGBTBE businesses in the in city contracting? And if you think about that, the city has um, a, a lot of uh, certifications that are not race or gender related. Think about disability, veterans, they have a SBE, small business enterprise. None of that's race or gender. LGBTBE certification, we're just saying, if you're going to accept these other certifications, we're taxpayers. We yeah. should have an opportunity of those contracting opportunities. We should have a seat at the table. Doesn't mean that we're guaranteed anything, but we should have a seat. But we have to do the work with the city to educate them about what this means um, to add this type of certification because guess what? It's new. And you just recently, um, Nashville, Orlando, cities like that announced that they're accepting it. So a lot of these quote anti-LGBT laws that we see are also tied in with business like you mm-hmm. can't separate the two like the Chick-fil-A bill yeah. that recently passed Texas uh, which was kind of clothed in this religious freedom mm-hmm. thing or the bathroom bill yeah. 
um, not allowing trans, trans people to use bathrooms that were of the sex they identify with. Mm. Is there any kind of role for the chamber in preventing those types of laws, or what is the political aspect, or is there one? Well, absolutely, and um, you know, when you what we've seen with these these this bigoted anti-LGBTQ legislation is corporate partners lead the way, right? Mm-hmm. Corporate uh, Fortune 500s, they have created a trend that we're not going to take this. So working with we our partners at United, we work with them this legislative session on some, some uh, various legislation uh, around, um, I mean, everything that you heard coming up, basically we were involved with at some level. And then you've got Equality Texas that's working on it from an, a social aspect, and you've got Open for Business. So all of this is collaborative work. HRC, of course, was involved in that. So the role that we can play is we bring a business lens to it that nobody else brings around the table for the LGBTQ community. A lot of these organizations are um, looking at it from uh, it's just the right thing to do, and it is. But we can bring numbers to it in economic development. LGBTQ-owned businesses put back $1.7 trillion into the economy, for example. Those types of numbers. Well, it seems like a lot of these major corporations, you go to gay pride parades, and it's every float now, instead of being shunned by corporations, is sponsored by yep. Bank of America, all that. Mm-hmm. It, feels, it can feel sometimes that they're late to the game, yep. you know, instead of being on the forefront of acceptance and all that. You have a business in focus group yeah. that seems to kind of deal with that. Tell me about that. Yeah, we work with organizations. Um, we uh, say that we connect organizations to the power of LGBTQ inclusion because what we know is when LGBTQ employees feel valued, when they feel seen, heard, productivity goes up, creativity goes up. Businesses that are uh, LGBTQ inclusive and embrace LGBTQ employees, you can see it just from a bottom business line number. It's good business. But what we see, and the reason that I launched the work through InFocus Group, is there's a lot of organizations that are struggling trying to figure out how do we educate our employees? How do we... Or what's the right thing to say? What's the right thing to say? And even our own community. So we, we do um, a words, what we call Words Matter workshop. Because even our own community, when you start going LGBTQIA, you know, what does that mean? So if we try to figure it out and don't always understand, then, of course, you know, the straight community doesn't necessarily understand it. So what we do is try to bring this type of education into organizations in a way where we meet participants where, where they're at. Our goal is not to do this from a, a finger-pointing perspective, but it is about her- sharing our lives and stories and what, you know, what taking that a little bit of the academic educational piece of it, but connecting it truly to stories so people in the audience can understand what it means to walk in our shoes, but also how they can be a strong ally, how they can actually take action at work could be putting your pronouns on your signature, mm-hmm. right? It could be asking if you're going around the table and saying, what, what did you do this weekend? And saying, how's your wife, you know? To, yeah, yeah. Right? Very purposeful things, but people don't, unless you teach people how to do that, they don't know. Well, it was so shrouded in secrecy for up until yeah. recently. Yes. In some places it still is. I mean, I work in, you know, oil and gas right. banking. Very, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it still is. And, it, you know, we, we, uh, we do a, a course called um, 
armoring up in the workplace. And what that means is think about for LGBTQ people, we get up every day just like everybody else. Imagine that. We shower, right? We get dressed, we go to work. But there's for a lot of us there's that additional layer we gotta put on that armor, you know. Yep. And um, when we can just completely let go of that armor, when we can walk into our workplace and be our most authentic selves, that's powerful. I think there's a, a hunger for people that aren't in the LGBT community not to be offensive. I think they're kind of yeah. scared, am I saying the wrong thing? And a lot of times it comes from a place of ignorance, which isn't a bad thing, it just means you're not familiar with it. Um, so I, have you seen like people being more receptive in the last few years? Definitely. Of even having and, the conversation? And you know what, it, what we've seen in through our work is people do, they want the education. So when an organization brings this type of um, uh, training in, in an environment where they can just learn and they can ask questions, it's non-judgmental. Um, we respect people on their journey wherever they're at. It's like this, just this kind of collective silence. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, employees want to know more. They want to be able to ask questions, but they are scared because am I going to offend someone? Am I going to break a rule? So when you can give them this type of environment to come in and learn. Um, and it's also a great team connection as well, because all of a sudden you might have a coworker that says, yeah, I've struggled with this. And all of a sudden, like, wow, Tony, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, like an organization that is accepting of LGBT people, it allows people that may be different in some other way to just feel more accepted versus like, for example, one of my friends, he works for an oil company. And there was this guy that. He was super smart and everything, but he had like sleeve tattoos and yep. he always had to cover them up. And after he had worked there so many years, a few years, and he was like, had gained great credibility mm -hmm. and he started showing those, a lot of people admitted they said, if he'd had those day one, we would have misjudged right. him. And so, you know, if you're anybody's able to be open and be themselves, it just like they don't have their armor on, whatever they're right. dealing with or going yeah. through. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's such a shame that so many employees have to come into the workplace where you spend so much time. And I know for my own personal, I spent 14 years in financial services. And so for a bulk of that, I was constantly covering, vetting my words. Mm -hmm. What did I say? What did you do this weekend? Oh, I was with dinner with a friend. Right. You know, and all the energy that I had to use to cover is like energy I could have used to be more creative, more right. productive in my job. It, I mean, it literally rips pieces yeah. of you on a day-to-day -day basis. And you know, it's it's something I talk about too because LGBTQ business owners actually can have the more or less a second coming out. And when I launched my business in 2012, it was, am I gonna put this on my website? Am I, you know, because I wasn't doing this specific work originally. Um, am I gonna talk about my wife for it with a potential client? All these things you, we have to constantly yeah. think about. Crazy, and and you know, straight people. Not to say that they don't have to talk, think about other things, but they don't have to think constantly about these just base this basic vocabulary. You know, it, it is true. I have a friend, um, married, four kids, whatever, and he's kind of evolved on accepting gay people or whatever. And he said to me once a few years ago, he goes, "I could not imagine going to work every day and just." not being able to talk about Jenny. Mm. Like just, exactly. oh, Jenny made burnt the toast this morning. Right. You know, it's just, he's like, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. The way I describe it is that when I was in the closet, every decision I made had to go through a gay filter. That's right. As if I pick up this, this is a quiet room. If people see me pick up this piece of bread, 
and is it going to be so gay that they're going to realize I'm gay? So right. You can't. You find yourself not even reaching for things, not walking out of the room if lots of people are in there because you don't want to draw attention to your fact that you're a closeted gay person. And you know what? That is painful to deal with every day. I mean, it's like the stress of your job that you already have. And then if it's a situation where for some people, they just have to vet because, you know, with their coworkers, I just need to be careful, but everything's good. I'm mm-hmm. a valued employee. Yep. For others, it's literally a matter of if they find out, I'm going to get fired. And I've got a family yeah. to support or whatever. Right. Yep. I mean, the pressure of that every day. So, and that's why we see so many, you know, particularly the millennials going, I'm going to work for a company that's LGBTQ inclusive. Yep. They refuse to work in these types of environments anymore. They won't do it. Because it says something about the organization, as I said, not only for LGBT people, but in general. Like, nobody yeah. wants to work for that kind of that's a... Right. Yep. That's right. Yep. I feel like so much of the conversation for years was for um, making gay marriage legal and making be able to serve mm-hmm. in the military legal. So once those two huge things in a relatively short time between each other became legal, it opened up this whole opportunity to look at other people's rights within the community that we don't we hadn't been focusing on because yeah. we were so consumed with marriage basically. Yep. Uh, you're doing an in focus group is doing a workshop October twenty third called Words Matter, how LGBT inclusive language builds inclusive cultures. I feel like that's not even a conversation we would be able to focus on a few years ago because they'd say yep. that's so far from what our main you know we're at a place where we can talk about these issues now mm-hmm. tell me about that workshop so this is what we call our foundational workshop it's really some might liken it to lgbtq 101 but not to be misconstrued that it's literally that l is lesbian g is gay it is really starting with the foundational terms and helping people in the room connect Um, to understand what those terms mean, but putting it in context of that story. But it's also a workshop about creating an action plan. Um, We do this with teams where they can create an organizational action plan. How can we as a team be more LGBTQ inclusive? Or individual action plans. What can I do as an individual to help maybe make my coworkers, my LGBTQ coworkers, feel more comfortable? And it's a two-hour workshop that we do. Uh, We've taken this in-house to organizations, and this is actually our first kind of public-facing workshop because catering to business owners that want to be more clear. Business owners, um, it could be managers, people that are in HR. Uh, We've got a variety of people. We've actually got uh, two managers that are coming from a local restaurant who reached out to us and said, "We want to make sure that when customers walk through the door." They feel comfortable in our restaurant, and we're not quite sure how to do that. And I said, well, we're putting this workshop together. They said, where do I sign up? And that's the interesting thing about this work when you start to think about who needs this type of training. And we we go beyond training, too, and consulting and coming in and do your forms align. Are they gender neutral? All of that. But think about it. Law enforcement, corporate, Mm. get very specific, oil and gas. Restaurant, city, city government, the city, yeah. hospitality, the list is endless. Medical, I mean, you think of healthcare all these. is yep. huge, yeah. particularly for you know the trans community, and so the, these companies, these organizations that are on the forefront of this and do this in an authentic and genuine way, are they are going to lead and they are going to attract the best and brightest. Yep. So how do they sign up? Where is so, it? So um, you can uh, our our website infocusgroup.com has a link right uh, at the top for upcoming and that's events. E-N. E-N-F-O-C-U-S group.com. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're going to do that. It's eight. It's a two roughly a two hour workshop. 
and we're going to have uh, we'll have breakfast we want to make sure everybody's well fed to to learn and it's going to be a great morning it's such a good idea i had never even heard of this happening anywhere until doing research um for this interview and it's like oh of course it's I, I, Such a good idea that was there the I'll, whole time. I'll tell you where it, where the idea came from, where it got seeded for me, though. I was working um, with, a, with a client uh, who's doing a lot of great work in our community. But there was they were sharing with me there's this constant struggle of people coming to them saying, can you do this training? Just getting calls from all over the place. And they couldn't find – they didn't – this is not their core mission. So it was peel, kind of peeling them off about you know, what they should be doing. And so I started researching and saying, who is doing this? And there were a couple of people in the community, but they were more focused on just specifically uh, the education around the trans piece, for example, or just some other more specific, maybe it's just healthcare. And that's where I said, um, we have to bring this work to life. There needs to be an opportunity for organizations to be able to tap into this. And um, we did a training this morning with a fantastic group that does association management. And their team, seven of them, sat around the table, and they were able to just authentically ask questions. And they said, we appreciate so much just being able to ask these questions in this environment. But we're going to do for a big oil and gas firm uh, in October in conjunction with Coming Out Week. Oh, there, really? uh, awesome. It's two, uh, two oil companies that, uh, two companies that have merged, and they want to do this kind of as a team builder during uh, LGBTQ <coughs> History Month slash Coming Out Day. Um, so yeah. It would even be good for... LGBT people to do workshops oh, yeah. like this because I may be gay, but I'm not what an expert on what it's like to be trans. Right, right. You know exactly. Yeah. So for the Chamber of LGBT Chamber of Commerce, Commerce, Commerce what um, types of events do you all do, and where can we find out about that? So we do two standing monthly events. We have what we call our Brewing Up Business. That's the second Wednesday of the month, and then we have our Chamber Happy Hour, which is the last Thursday of the month. And then events interspersed, such as luncheons, uh, we do every June our big Pride and Business uh, event. And it is the only business event during Pride Month in Houston. And it's something that continues to grow every year. But we have a great, robust calendar on our website at HoustonLGBTChamber.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there, learn more about the LGBTBE certification. We really want to encourage more business owners to get certified. And we're, we've seen just this year a tremendous spike in the number of businesses getting certified. And for those that don't live in Houston, there are 70 chapters, of 70 in chapters. The US. There's yeah. uh, three in Texas, Austin, San Antonio, and North Texas. And a shout out to our, our North Texas colleagues. They actually helped us get off the ground in 2016 through the good work of their CEO, Tony Vetta. And um, so we always try to help new chambers. And we actually now have what we call the Texas LGBT Chambers of Commerce. It's a collaboration working with them on advocacy. And we're going to take that even further in the coming years to help connect members in different cities. And I, I do have one thing. So the yep. certification, yep. exactly how do businesses get that? And what does it mean that's, for the business to get that? That is a great question. So you have to be 51% or more LGBT owned to qualify for that. And then uh, what you do, your first step is to join our chamber because if you, when you go to the National LGBT Chamber to start your application and certification process, the first thing they're gonna ask you is are you a member of your local Houston, chamber? Yeah. And if so, your certification fee is gonna be waived. 
So that's a huge benefit. Not only do you get all the membership benefits of being part of the local chamber, but that certification fee is waived. Once they get through the paperwork and everything is in order, they reach out to us and ask us to do what's called a site visit. And we come over and validate. If you say you own a, you know, a candle shop, we walk through. Do you have signage? Is this accurate? Because we want to make sure that all the boxes are checked. Okay. Yep. And then we send that paperwork back to them. They put it in front of a rather large certification committee who evaluates all the applications. And then they will let the business owner know. And we proudly announce our certified businesses as well. Are they listed like on your website? They or? are listed. Okay, yep. in, our, in our member directory, we do highlight them. And, and the other thing, the benefit of getting certified, so while we're working on this through you know, getting uh, governmental entities to recognize it, keep in mind that a lot of Fortune 500 companies already accept the certification. Private industry, again, leading the way, such as Shell, Chevron, United, Comcast, they are actively looking for LGBT certified businesses to mm. participate in supplier diversity and contracting opportunities because they have a commitment to a, a diverse supplier pipeline. Yep. And we're part of that. That's awesome, yeah. Good question, Tony. Yeah. And great information, Tammy. Yes, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's not as painful as it sounds, I mean, to, to put your paperwork in. And I'm one of the, actually the ver- uh, first certified businesses in Houston through Infocus. And, um, and we are, like I said, that's rapidly growing. And through the four LGBT chambers, we plan on growing that significantly over the coming years. But we also, you know, at the LGBT chamber, it, this goes to, you know, your comment earlier. I mean, we really started and we added allies to our mission statement, but what is all, it was all, also about us breaking down walls so we can engage with other diverse chambers in the city, mm-hmm. so we can begin to create understanding and awareness of our community. And if we can do that all over business, we can break bread over business, and I do business with you, you do business with me, and I learn more about you, you learn more about me. That's a world we need to head for, right? Yeah. That's that's good stuff. It's a great concept, and I can't believe it's only been here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that recently. The, the, the National LGBT Chamber constantly got a question because, of course, our colleagues in the other cities, and they were like, "Where's Houston? Where's Houston?" Yeah, yeah we're so huge. I mean, yeah, and um, and but Gary Wood and I connected in 2015. For those of you that know Gary, and he's uh, the other co-founder of the chamber, and we started strategizing and saying we could have a chamber. And we talked to the National LGBT Chamber. They felt like we were the right leaders, and we kicked it off. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're up to 150-plus members and nice. growing now with tremendous corporate support from, uh, like I said, many of those companies I mentioned, as well as um, Amogee Bank and Bank of America. And that's growing. Well, nice. Well, I've really enjoyed this, Kiki. Yeah. That was, that was I, awesome. I, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share this, and I, my, I'm very passionate about the Chamber and the work we're doing, so thanks. For and that. I thank you for sharing your personal story, because I, mean, I think you. that was awesome, and I think people, I mean, that's why we do this podcast. Yeah. So, and there's yeah. just one thing left to do, which is to beat Tony. Okay. I'm ready show. now. I think she can do it. I'm ready. <laughs> Wow, that was uh, very insightful, Tammy. I appreciate uh, all that. Like, uh, I knew when we booked you as a guest, I'm like, we're going to get a ton of information. I knew that from the moment that, like, uh, that we were like, if we get Tammy, we're we're in good shape. We will have an awesome show. So, oh, thank uh, you. so thank you for for that. I mean, uh, I knew you were a hustler, uh, and what you just told <laughs> me, like, you were always, you've got more things to do. Like, since we first talked, uh, we met at AIG. Uh, That's right. uh, pride event and uh, from that moment I was like this woman has her stuff together mm-hmm. and uh, you. you are constantly hustling and I'm in awe so uh, thank and you, you you just 
yeah, ex- explained why. I mean, all, like all the things you're Thank doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you're helping out on a campaign right now? I am. Uh, I'm so proud. Uh, my wife, our niece, my wife's niece, um, is running for state representative for House District 148, which uh, for those uh, local Houston folks, uh, it's uh, the North Side Heights, Garden Oaks, Oak Forest, pills up to 290. And uh, Michelle Leal is her name. So she is running. This is a special election, two-month campaign, which is crazy. But the current state representative, who has been a tremendous LGBTQ ally, is stepping down. And so Michelle decided to step up and run. And, um, you know, I've been telling a lot of folks, I mean, she's uniquely qualified for this position. But um, her dad is uh, Judge Al Leal. And he, he helped get a lot of women elected in the city, including the likes of Gracie Sines, Kathy Whitmire, and he now has um, dementia. And I say that I wish he was around mentally. He would be so proud of her for stepping up. So we're really excited, quick two-month campaign, but um, she is a tremendous LGBTQ ally and has has been all of her life. So I'm excited to see what she's going to do. Well, kudos to her for stepping up. For those listeners, uh, October the 7th is the last day to register to vote. So make sure you do that. Um, Is there any events she's uh, going to She has an event uh, next week, Wednesday, October the 2nd at Herald's in the Heights, uh, starting at six o'clock. It's going to be a fun time. And her um, website is uh, Leal, that's L-E-A-L, four F-O-R 148.com. All right. Sounds good. Well, kudos to her. Good luck to, Thank to you, you guys. So, yeah. Fantastic. All right. So now the second round of uh-uh. this. I'm nervous. And I'm so nervous. we've got Tony up at 10 points and Tammy six points, right? All right. So let's review the rules of our final round. This round will consist of five questions. And this round, the first to chime in and answer correctly will earn two points. If the person is incorrect or doesn't answer after they've chimed in, the other contestant can answer the question and earn one point with a steal. So, Tammy, you were probably wondering what those little things were. This is our that. chime in. These are our chime in. I we're not these that were just Tony's toys. Yeah. Eh? Well, Tony has other toys. <laughs> oh, Tammy, keep it classy. Uh, <laughs> where's the wine? Yeah, right. <laughs> and so we've got uh, your selection of a fan that you can thwarp, a, a plastic cowbell, cowbell. equivalent, or uh, some maracas that you can shake. So that's one of, the, one of those things you can use to chime in. Tony, can you demonstrate her, for her how the thwarp works, though? Yes. Uh, wait. There you go. Actually, oh, good. There we go. Oh, wow. So you wow. can use that to chime in. Or Spencer's like dis- an expert thwarper. Yeah. That's a distinctive sound. Yes. If you, sure you haven't I've been to a gay that. bar recently, then, because that's all the gays are doing that all the time. Actually, yeah. I've seen a lot of these on Facebook, yes. but I, what is that? What, what's the word? The word. Okay. The sound it makes. I've, yeah. Ah, I've learned yes. something new tonight. There we go. See, we're educating. That's yep, what part of that. We, really. we kiki, we connect, we celebrate. That's what we do here. So, uh, what, what's going to be your uh, okay. chime in? I don't think I'm going to. All right. Yeah. Maracas. There we go. Yeah. Tony, what are you going to do? going to try out that? Oh, pen? I'm going to go this. There I got to go. keep it basic. I got mm. to be on my mental game. <laughs> I'm, 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 right. I'm, I'm afraid I might hurt Tony. All right. <laughs> so, Tammy's got the maracas. How, how's that going to sound for us, Tammy? And Tony, you've got the cowbell. All right. All right. So category is let's talk about gay stuff. So who listened to the podcast? I know Tony probably didn't, but here we go. All right. So again, the first person to chime in, uh, uh, when I ask the question, you'll be the one who gets to earn points, right? So um, so So question one. Do I have to use this? Yeah. So if you want to answer the question, shake your maraca and I will call on you. All right. So here we go. The TV show Modern Family premiered in what year? 
2009? That is correct. <laughs> Tim is marking her comeback. All right. <laughs> Question number two. Who was the defendant in the case in which the Kentucky Supreme Court overturned the sodomy law? Tony was not listening. I know that because today I heard it, but don't know the name. All right. No idea. No guess. Jeffrey <laughs> Wasson. Yes. All right. No worries. Question number three. Come on, Tammy. You gotta. Like, we got. We got three out of five. So here we go. You gotta. You gotta do these if you're gonna no win. No pressure. There was a petition by fans of Modern Family for Mitch and Cam to do what? You gotta chime in. Kiss. That is correct. Yep. Yeah. That is correct. I thought that was it, but then I was like, God. All right. We're neck and neck. Okay. We're neck and neck. Oh, a tie. Wow. Oh I'm glad I heard these <laughs> really bonus questions. The oh, How many go. questions out of the left? One We've or two? Two more questions. Okay, okay. All right. The sodomy law in Kentucky in 1992 was overturned because it violated a person's right to what? Privacy. Tony. Privacy. That is correct. <laughs> Tony is up. We have the last question. If we have the last question, if Tammy, if you get this question, we're going to go into our first bonus round. Oh my God, uh, Tammy, episodes. Tammy! <laughs> I'm so glad I prepared bonus question. I'm prepared. I'm 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 excited. I think You're this is prepared. the highest scoring quiz show edition ever. You're always prepared. Here we go. I'm proud of us. I'm All proud right. Of us. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys too. Good job. Guys. Here we go. Final question of round two. How many people were arrested in the sting in which Jeffrey Watson was arrested under under the anti-sodomy law? This one's a nugget of it. Like, it's dug in there, but it set, was said a couple times. Can you repeat? Yeah. How many people were arrested in the sting in which Jeffrey Wasson was arrested under the anti-sodomy law? We can't end on a no answer. Spencer's going to be this age next year. Oh, really? I was going to guess, too. Um, let me think. <laughs> oh, but Tony doesn't know how old I'm going to be next year. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 25. That is incorrect. Tammy, you've Thank got you. one chance. To, I mean, I know Spencer Wait, looks young and all. 37? No, that is incorrect. You just, <laughs> hurt. <laughs> <laughs> just hurt Spencer's feelings. 29. 29. 29. Yeah. All I right. you were like 25 or 29. I was thinking 29, but 37 came yeah. out. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so that means then that Tony, come on. Tony won the game. <laughs> Way to represent them. But I would say I got like almost every podcast question wrong. <laughs> Honestly, I, like, participate. I, uh, I had to go back and like, like I should, you, you would think that as much as we do these podcasts, like I would know, like easily be able to spit out questions. But I listened to this episode like three times to make sure I'm like, what was the question? So you're all good. You're good. So yeah. um, I, I was listening today and then on the, you know, so, and I knew I was going to, and I'm a big, I should have had the 29. I'm a high level person. I'm not a details person, yeah. even though I'm an engineer and in yeah, finance, an engineer, <laughs> finance <is> guy. <laughs> Approvals are based on Tony's. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, congratulations to you, Tony. Tammy, tough break, but thank you for participating Absolutely. today. All right. So before we close out, uh, we had a final score. Though. What was that final score? Not to rub it in, Tammy, uh, but. Let me go back. It is Tony 12, Tammy 10. Oh, it was such a close game. That very, was close. Very but, close. But I'll thank you. It. That's the closest game. I'll take High it. scoring game. You should, so you should feel proud about that. Um, but before we close out, another word from our sponsor. Over to Spencer. Hey, did you know that the unemployment rate is below 4% in the U.S.? If you're trying to hire someone, then you probably already know that because you're having trouble finding quality candidates. Academy Works is here to help. 
Don't have time, energy, or the resources to hire? EconomyWorks is ready to help you write job descriptions, find candidates, review resumes, and phone screen candidates. Let the Economy Talent Network, uh, EconomyWorks Talent Network, help you do more with less. EconomyWorks. When we work, the economy works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. He got it. See, Tony, I don't know, Tony, if you're going to mm. lose your job from that because he's definitely got a Canadian accent that's coming in there, and I don't know how that plays to oh. You still have a job. I'm fully resigning <laughs> if I don't lose my job. <laughs> All right. So thank you to our sponsor, Economy Works, and thank you to Tammy. Thank you for yes, joining thank us. You. Like I said earlier, I knew it was going to be a special episode, and you exceeded expectations, so thank you. And like I said, your story that you shared with us was fantastic. I loved it, yeah. I mean, you, you got personal with us, so we appreciate yeah. that and like i said i have been admiring you since i've met you last well, last the may feeling is mutual and uh the, what you're doing like there was we were at a at the uh power hour yesterday and you know nick wolney with uh, with hefty marketing mm-hmm. was showing that uh that slide that said uh there are so many hours and like if there you have the same hours a day as beyonce and yeah. i feel that, that way about tammy wallace so oh, uh you, you are, are are doing your thing and, and we are watching in awe so keep 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 setting that example. I often tell folks like you know you can you can you know be the example, right? You can be a good example, you can be a bad example, Absolutely. but be the example. So and you are setting an awesome example. Thank so you. Appreciate that. So thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget to fo- follow Tammy. So with the LGBT Chamber of Commerce, uh, you noted earlier you can find the website at HoustonLGBTChamber.com. Uh, it's on Twitter. So all the social media platforms yeah. at HoustonLGBTCOC. Uh, that's on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook at HoustonLGBTChamber. And then, of course, in Focus Group, which is your your day job, although Absolutely. I'm sure you, they both feel like day jobs. <laughs> they bleed sometimes, yes. yes. Uh, you can find in Focus Group at InFocusGroup.com and uh, on Twitter. Uh, at uh, the same in Facebook and, and Instagram all the same name in focus group so uh, follow Tammy wherever she is she's hustling so you got to keep up but be quick so Tammy any parting words before we, we let you go well first thank you I really appreciate you all let me come on in and talk about the chamber and in focus group but thank you for what you're doing with this podcast we were talking about this earlier but you're making a huge difference and giving people a learning opportunity and um, I know it's a lot of work so I really appreciate you guys for doing it Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, of course, thank you to Tony. Good job, Tony. You. you won. <laughs> Way to go. That's I want your, a rematch. Yeah, we will bring you back for a rematch. <laughs> and Kendall, thank you for the kiki. Spencer, thank you for chiming in, for Spencer, uh, thank helping you. out, filling in for Tony. Showing Tony how the real work is done. Uh, <laughs> you can find Spencer on Keep our Spooby podcast. <laughs> Uh, he and Chris are putting out a ton of content, not just with scary stories and and their uh, their their urban legends and true crime stories, but they've also added a, a separate channel or few shows, if you will, uh, talking about drag 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 shows. So they're talking about uh, Dragula and now UK drag star. So if you want to get their dish and their take on on those uh, episodes, you can listen to Spencer and Chris at Our Spoopy Podcast. So. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, so thank you. We enjoyed another fun episode. So good job, guys. Uh, be sure to follow us on the web at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. And on Twitter, we're tweeting at Talk Gay Stuff. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and download our podcast where you listen to our podcast. And we'd love to hear what you think. Leave us a review. So for another episode of Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs>